Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Glory to God. We love you, Lord. We praise your holy name. Lord, we just embrace that word surrender. It's not a word in this day and age that rises to the top of our thinking often. But Lord, we surrender. We open our hearts to what you have divinely appointed for our lives today. Lord, we open our hearts to an impartation from the Holy Spirit in each of our lives. We thank you for your favor and your blessing and the truth that as we surrender, you pour more into us. The little breath of the Holy Spirit is imparted to us. Freshness, the wind and the living water and the power and the glory of God Almighty is imparted to us. So, Lord, we make the choice this morning to surrender in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. We'll go ahead and have a seat. Just continue in that, that mindset of surrender. And um, I was sharing with Stephanie that there's a couple of songs that were, particularly one of them was Come to the Altar. As I was preparing the message over the last couple of weeks, that song kept stirring in my spirit. And then just in the busyness of things I had going on, I forgot to ask her. And then they were doing that song. They were, I was like, oh, Jesus is awesome. So awesome. So, amen. Amen. So part of that, I want us to think a couple things. One is the point of surrender, and secondly is that, that dimension of coming to the altar, and it isn't just a one-time thing. It's not just, you know, a beautiful presentation of worship and a drawing of our spirit and a developing of our soul to receive. It's a lifestyle of coming to the altar. It's a place of daily coming to the altar, and oftentimes it's moment by moment coming to the altar and having an impartation from God Almighty, from Jesus. Because he is our Lord and our Savior, but he's also our best friend. Yes. And he wants to meet us at our places of challenge as well as celebrate with us as we're enjoying the blessings of God. So as we work through the message, we're going to have a couple of, actually three times of just quiet reflection that each person is going to come to the altar. We're going to come to the altar of the Lord, wherever you're seated, wherever kneeling, standing, whatever you want to do. And as I was studying this out, I, and, and the, the word is our faith and our life. Our faith and our life. Because, loved ones, our faith, whatever our faith is, that is our life. And the dimension of our faith is the dimension of the power in our life. And so... Faith, yeah, I'm going to say a couple of things today that may be a little bit different than you're used to when someone's talking about faith, particularly in this setting, okay? But I've discovered some things in ministering to people of, in struggle, people who don't know Jesus, people of the, of, that are in trauma and crisis, and even this, uh, earlier this week I was ministering to a person and, I, and talking to him, and I said, so tell me a little bit about your faith structure. And he said, I quote, I have no faith. I said, well, I would debate that with you, lovingly debate it with you, but, and I'll get to that point. I want to just kind of set the table that every single one of us, even with we claim to have no faith, have faith. So we're going to dig into that a little bit, and we're going to look how faith 
impacts our life, every dimension of our life, and how we need to add to our faith. We're going to see in the Word how clearly it is that we need to add to our faith. And we're going to see also that faith must have action. Faith must have action. I'm going to Hallelujah. Okay. Now what am I going to do with my other hand? Oh, we're good. So let's go, to, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, please. Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read verses 1 through 3 and verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For it by the elders obtained a good testimony. And we can declare that, you know, it is the righteousness, it is the faith of Abraham that established righteousness in his life and it goes on and on. Verse 3, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made with things that are visible. That's kind of an amazing statement, isn't it? But it's by faith, it's by the declaration of the word that went out there and and things were created. And the same actually occurs now in the spirit realm. So turn to verse 6, please. Without, without faith, it is impossible to please him, i.e. God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the first step is we must believe that he is. That there is. Okay. And then secondly that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, not passively seek him. And, it's, and God's into rewards. I mean, he rewards us. He re rewards us through peace and joy and through endeavors and all kinds of rewards. So it's not, it's not a bad thing. In fact, it's kingdom. So as we enter into this, we are going to better understand what faith is and what our, how our life is connected to that. So through that, we can better understand how to love on and touch people as we better understand their faith structure. Because if we are coming from a faith structure of Jesus and the kingdom, and they're coming from a faith structure of believing in the, in the political realm, but that's their faith structure, then we need to be able to navigate that bridge and see where they're coming from. And then at that point, be able to talk about how to best encourage them and transition their faith focus. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But I want us to understand that there's this dimension called ebb and flow of faith. Ebb and flow of faith. Now, all of us in this room, I don't know everyone personally, but I'm going to assume that the vast majority have made a decision to have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of life. So therefore, you have faith that Jesus died for you, that Jesus rose again, that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, that the blood of Christ addressed our sins, and therefore we are righteous in Christ Jesus. Yes? yes? Okay, so we have that anchor point of our faith. So if that's our connection, in other words, that's all our dimension of faith that we're talking about is our salvation, we're solid. But then when we travel a little bit past where you know, the faith in the word, when I'm going through a struggle and I'm angry or I'm dealing with someone who has done me wrong, is our faith anchored in the word and in Jesus or is it in I'm really ticked off? 
And my faith is in me, and I'm going to take care of business. That's the ebb and the flow of faith. I have Jesus as Lord, and now I have me as Lord, and I'm going to take care of business. It's slippery, and it's fast. But it happens. And that's the ebb and flow of faith. And so if we understand that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And my substance, you know, when I, when I tell that person what I'm thinking, I hope they just are, they're, they are totally destroyed. <laughs> and we've established a faith structure that now we're releasing words over them. Woo! So we have to understand faith is a powerful thing and we must not to the very best of our ability in prayer is not to ebb and flow out of our faith and focus in Jesus and our faith and focus in the Word and our faith and focus in love. Say that with me. Our faith and focus in Jesus, in the Word, and love. If we stay focused on those and we don't ebb out of that into focus on Jay, focus on being irritated, focus on I'm going to get back at them, focus they owe me money, I'm going to take it out of their hide, all those I know none of you would do that. You're the early bunch. You're, you know, you're the, <laughs> you're the deeply spiritual. <laughs> okay. So as we look at this, um, recognizing that if, if we do not grow in our faith, then we have no place to ebb to or to flow to. All right. I have salvation. That's, that's what I have. If I'm not growing in my faith, I have nowhere else to go with my faith than the flesh because that's what I know. That's the reason Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. Grow in your faith so that we are now anchored in a new way of looking at things, of life and of love. And when something starts to rise up in us that is not of the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of darkness, then we take authority over that by faith and we enter into and anchor into walking in the faith of Christ and the power and the glory of that. It, but if we're not careful, it can be really sneaky. So it's not about lacking faith, but looking at what is the focus of our faith as, as people of God. Now, there may be some in the house that you haven't accepted Jesus Christ. Well, you're going to have that opportunity. We're going to have various three points of reflection and focus during this message, because there's going to be some points of you and Jesus, me and Jesus, okay? It isn't like I've got this all figured out, okay? It's us and Jesus, but we're coming to the altar separately, so to speak, and he's ministering to each of us. So the focus of our faith establishes where the power comes from as well. That's very important. If our focus of faith is on the word and upon King Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit backs it up. He's called the helper, Okay? If the focus is on Jay in the flesh, then the power comes from the flesh. If the focus is on lust and greed and darkness, then the power comes from darkness. And we can be followers of Christ and ebb right into that mess. And we're kingdom people, but that flesh or darkness is now trying to drive us out of that place of kingdom lifestyle. So, our faith and our life. So as our, as our faith goes, so goes our life. And, and we reflect upon that and go, wow, there's a responsibility. Yep. That's a good one, too. But it's an empowered responsibility. 
It isn't just a responsibility that God says, go do it, and then we'll see how you do. It's, I'm going to empower you to accomplish. I'm going to empower you to be victorious. So let's look at our first point, the, the transition of our faith from whatever the focus was to faith in Jesus is the substance of our future in every way. That's worthy of saying again. Okay? The transition of our faith from whatever the focus was, in Jay Donnelly it was focus on religion and focus on Jay. Jay was like, awesome. If you didn't believe it, just ask me. Um, okay? <laughs> so I had this incredible focus on me and religion. I felt if I had my faith in religion, then I was going to be okay. But we know in the Word that isn't, isn't true. So it is truly our faith is the, the anchor point in the substance of our future. So let's look what the word means. The Greek word is P-I-S-T-I-S, pistis. And it's, it's literally means to believe in, to have confidence in, to, to trust in. Who do we trust in more? What word do we trust in more? The word of a gossip or the word of Jesus? Woo! Where do we trust more? Oh, that's, uh, oh, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody, but can we pray about that? You know, I mean, we start, ooh, that was juicy. And we start taking on that life, but yet we're Christ followers. So we have to be careful of what we're believing in and what we're trusting in and what we're having confidence in. We trust in, we have confidence in, and we believe in Jesus and his word and the power of the Holy Spirit, period, period. So faith in Jesus becomes the substance of change in all aspects of life. Salvation is the beginning part, but then it's a constant process of change. Is that a reasonable statement? Amen. And if we're not changing, then we're not paying attention to what Jesus is trying to do. Okay? I was trying to think of a more diplomatic way to put it, but that's just it. I mean, in my own life, Jesus has always wanted to refine me into becoming more Christ-like every day. And that's faith. That's following him. That's saying, yes, I, I am willing, and he's willing to do it. And so if we partner together, it happens. That's faith. So faith in Jesus becomes the substance of all change in my life and in your life. Nothing happens without action of the heart. If I don't want to change, I'm not changing. I mean, the, the power and the glory of Jesus Christ Almighty, seated at the right hand of the Father, cannot change me unless I'm willing to change. Because I have, there's a word in Jesus said, whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. Remember that word? So if Jay Donnelly is bound pride and arrogance and the way he wants to play on earth, there's nothing Jesus can do with it until I'm willing to release it. And then he's like, boom, I got this. He let go of it. We're good. He humbled himself. He surrendered. And therefore, we can deal with it. But if Jay binds it to himself, it's bound in heaven. When Jay decides to get rid of it, I'm willing to help him. But that's just how that works spiritually. And we're saying, God, do something. I'm trying. How about you work with me on this one? Okay. <laughs> How about a little action on your part? Faith is not passive. We did not come to Christ by passiveness. We made a decision. Every dimension of our life is an action step in faith. There is nothing about the kingdom of God that is passive. 
nothing. Now, religion is passive. Religion is the worship of a system. And we can just passively do that. We can come in and worship the worship. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, that wasn't good worship. And I saw a quote on Facebook um, from Francis Chan. A guy came up to him and said, you know, the, the worship wasn't all that good today. He says, well, that's good. We weren't worshiping you anyway. <laughs> okay. That's the point, isn't it? Okay. We get into a place where we become consumer-minded, and it's about what I want, and therefore I become my faith is in the system and what they're doing for me. I better get moving here. The next point of this faith structure is the verb. The, and I just talked about the action. Everything in the manner of the kingdom of God is that we act on the things of the word. That we act upon the choice to pray. The, the choice to pray. And to act upon that. And we literally pray. And we may say to ourselves, self, I don't know what to pray. Just start saying something, okay? Because prayer is like this. It is communication with God. And so it's speaking as well as listening. And we can, the prayer may start, Lord, I don't even know where to begin. And then we be still. And then he'll talk. It's a dialogue, not a monologue. So part of this journey is be willing to pray, and that's part of our faith structure. So faith in Christ is pleasing to the Lord. Let's look at Hebrews 11:6. It says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please him." Impossible. That's that's a pretty significant statement. So, in other words, without confidence and trust and a desire to embrace by action King Jesus, it's impossible to please the Lord. We can do all kinds of gymnastics, we can do all kinds of good and noble things. We can feed the hungry. Paul says that. You can feed the hungry. You can do this. <laughs> Clanging symbol. Because you don't have love and your focus is not correct. So without faith, it is impossible to please him. So what does that mean? With faith, with action, any of the smallest action of God, of reaching out by faith, is pleasing to God. And he's excited for us. He will empower that. But we have to make the choice to take a step. And we may be in a, a tough spot. What do I do? Do something. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Go love somebody. Go pray for somebody. Go encourage someone. You, you ever notice that when we're going through a tough place, that the best thing to do is go in the name of the Lord and make a difference for someone else? Yes. And looky there. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit kicks in, and things start to flow, and all of a sudden, our problem doesn't look nearly as big. It's all a part of our faith. As our faith goes, our life goes. So if my faith is, nobody's going to care about me anyway. I'm not doing nothing. That's where our life goes. The ebb and the flow. The ebb and the flow. So let's look at our next point, And then we're going to have a little moment of reflection. Our faith in Jesus is life-giving. We're going to move over to the book of Romans. And uh, look at something in Romans chapter 8. The faith in Christ, faith in Jesus, is life-giving. All other faith 
is not life-giving. In fact, it's life-taking. All other faith is life-taking. Now, I'm, I'm going to say something, and I need to get it in context. Other types of faith may be good. They may be a way to make a difference. It's good for the moment, but it's not sustainable over time, nor is it life-giving. It is almost, it is, it is a deception that a person can walk in the good, which is the enemy of the best. Okay? So I feel good about myself. I feel good about my circumstances. I feel good about my fill in the blank. And we just continue to do the feel good and right into the pit of hell because we don't have faith in the kingdom of God. And so this dimension of faith in Christ and literally Christ, faith in Christ is the only life-giving faith structure in the entire universe. And study of world religions, um, I was ministering to a man not too long ago. I was sharing with him because he was discussing this whole thing about religions and well I have my religion is this and that and blah 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 and I said okay I said so how is that helping you well that's my faith well that's not you said that so how is that helping you what and have you ever like really messed up I use the word sin and his faith structure sin is not really a word but he allowed me the grace to be able to use the word, missing the mark, the things you've done, et cetera, et cetera. So how are you doing with those? Well, I still, I'm still packing around. I'm still doing it. I'm still, you know, doing stuff. I better not say it. At any rate, I said, well, you all know that you can do that forever. And you're going to be doing the same thing, just like getting, jumping in that squirrel cage. Running, 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 running. And it's good because you're, you know, feel good about yourself. But the fact is, until you've accepted Jesus Christ, which is the only faith structure in the entire universe that deals with sin, and it isn't based upon works, it isn't based upon being conformed to a structure, it's based upon receiving what Jesus did on the cross. And when you do that, what he did on the cross for you becomes yours by faith. He's like, I never heard it explained like that. I thought it was just another religion you had to fit into a box. Nope. In fact, Jesus is totally against boxes, which I don't have time to unfold. But we're going to not talk about the box right now. I felt a significant rabbit trail coming. Um, <laughs> I could feel my wife saying, Jay. Um, okay. So in Romans, I better get to that passage. I'm a, for the sake of time, I'm just going to read 5 and 6. Romans 8, verses 5 and 6, and verses 10 and 11. So, verse 5 and 6, Romans 8. Be good if I get there. Praise the Lord. Five, verse 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. And I'm going to add a little bit here. But those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on upon the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded or earthly or fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded or on the things of the kingdom set in your heart is life and peace. Now down to verse um, 10. 
And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So, woo! I mean, that faith in Christ is what? Life. And Jesus says, I give you life and life more abundantly. This is it. Now, we can see clearly when we ebb and flow out of this focus, we start navigating in the flesh, and there's no life in it. We no life, and it gets frustrating, and we get upset, and we get irritated, and we get headaches, and all those kinds of things. The Lord wants us to track with him in the midst of We have to anchor our faith in Christ. We have to set our heart of faith on the things of the Spirit. Those who set their mind, and the, and the word mind in the Greek text literally means, it means psyche, which means our, our mind, our will, and our emotion, our true soul. Literally, you could put soul in there. Those who set their soul on the things of the Spirit will live according to the Spirit. But those who set their soul or their mind upon the things of the flesh will live according to the flesh. That will be the faith structure. That'll be it. And as believers, I mean, Paul is speaking to believers. He's trying to help us engage a greater truth of what it means to function in faith in the Spirit. Very powerful insight for each of us. So as we look at this, if we set our minds on the flesh, I mean, it, and it, it means death. Now, it can be death to a situation. It can be death to a relationship. It can be death to... Uh, you know, a lot of stuff. It'd be death to our finances. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands there. But when we get fleshly in our finances and we start having more faith in the credit card than we do in Jesus, do, do, do. Bummer feel, okay? That, so how, see how sneaky that is? No one has ever thought of that, but that's what's happened. Well, I know what the word says, but, okay? I'll just use a quick illustration. In a land far, far away, many, many years ago, um, there was a man named Jay um, who loved, I love new cars. I love the smell, of, you, you know, just that, ah. And growing up, we never had a new car. So when I had the money to buy a new car, okay, that became my like, oh, that was my rush. When I was bummed, well, it's time to buy a new car, okay. Well, one time I, to I was a Christian, and I got totally in the flesh, and I bought this car. I drove it off the lot and went, oh, dear God. I did not even ask Jesus a single thing about whether I should have bought this, not bought this, and it absolutely train wrecked our finances. The other car was totally paid for. Yeah, I was like, thank you. Oh, you did that? It was many years ago. but And I asked Patty, I said, because she, I mean, Patty's a, she take care of business kind of woman, and she's not afraid to share her opinion, okay? In this setting, and she said, after it was all over, I knew this would happen, but I also knew that unless you had a real significant lesson in your life about this, 
it wasn't going to change. So I was willing to go through the pain of our finances being challenged for you to get it. Now, that's love. That's love. And, you know, I'm just saying this as a point of faith. We've been out of debt ever since, once we got out of that one, but ex except for our home. But the point is, you know, just connecting the dots. That's, and I became my faith. I was just flowing in that faith. I can do this. I can do this. I'll work more over time. I can find this. I can do this. I can do that. I know none of you have ever had that happen. <laughs> okay? So set our minds on the things of the flesh and its death. Set our minds on the things that are spiritually minded and on faith in Jesus and its life. So let's take a moment of reflection. We're going to just take two or three minutes. There's going to be a song. Just, uh, just quiet music is going to play. You and Jesus, you're coming to the altar. Have you set your faith on things that are not of the Spirit? Have there been an ebb and flow in your life, even maybe this week, uh, from things of, oh, dear Jesus, hallelujah, to it's all about me or it's all about whatever? Just take a moment, and when you discover and hear the Holy Spirit, just go before the Lord and ask for forgiveness, get right, and become spiritually minded. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that's the first spot. We cannot be anchored in the things of the Spirit without Jesus in our life. So just take a few minutes. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness your Holy Spirit wisdom and insight into our life. That we would anchor our hearts on faith. To live according to the Spirit is to set our mind, our soul upon the things of the Spirit. That as our life tries to ebb and flow its way into living according to the flesh, or even submitting to the spirit of darkness. We come against it now in the name of Jesus. We declare Jesus and Jesus only in our life, the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us. And we surrender, Lord, to you, and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to dig into this next component. If you'd turn your Bibles, please, to Second Peter 1. Second Peter 1 and this passage has been churning in my spirit for many, many months. And a number of years ago, I did a five-week series on this one passage, so you'll see that I'm just hitting the mountaintops as we're talking, but it connects us to something very powerful. Um, the point is, is our, our growth in faith or adding to our Holy Spirit, the life of faith is vital for us to experience all that God has for us. Is that safe to say? It's vital for us. If we don't know the things that God has for us, if we're not willing to grow and add to our faith, then it's very difficult for us to experience the fullness of Christ in our life. So let's read, uh, starting in verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. His divine power has given to us. It's given. It's not coming. It is. We have it. Now, what we're going to do with it is the key. That's the 
dimension of add to and also recognizing our responsibilities. So it, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And literally, the glory is the overwhelming blessing and presence of God. And the virtue is the moral excellence in the God's standard of life. So we'll walk this through. By which you've, you have been given, which we have been given to us, exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, not some diligence, all diligence. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren, neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. Wow. And has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. That ebb and flow. Okay? Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so is an entrance so is an entrance that will be supplied to you abundantly into salvation, everlasting kingdom of, of the Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. So we see that there's some progression here. So we must, again, back to the action. Pass, we can't be passive. We have to be active. We have to be willing to take the effort. It is through faith in Jesus and the Holy Spirit we become partakers of the divine nature. Loved ones, everyone in this place who's called upon the name of Jesus, you are partakers of the divine nature of the living God. We have to embrace that truth. That's a faith step that says, I represent and I am the literal divine nature of the living God on earth. It, the word says so, yes? Do we believe the word? We have to embrace that. If we don't, we won't have it. We'll walk in our old nature. The Holy Spirit wants to empower us in a new nature. New, all things become new. We must be, give all diligence to add to or grow in our faith so that we are, are consistently experiencing his divine nature. If we're not adding to our faith, if we're, remember, our anchor point is faith in Jesus Christ, yes? And then we add to that. That everything is add to. Add to, add to, multiply, add to, multiply. The kingdom of God is about adding to and multiplication. There's no subtraction. There's no backing off. Now, passivity in our life can mean that we don't experience the fullness of what God has for us. But the fact is, the Lord's plan is that we continue to grow and have more and more and more and more of the nature. So let's look at this. What does the virtue mean? Add to your faith, the anchor point, faith in Christ Jesus, virtue. It means moral excellence and God's standard of ethics. Woo! Add to your faith, moral virtue and God's standards of ethics. Now, ethics literally means in the purest form, it literally means this, a guiding moral philosophy. I mean, 
The Bloods and the Crips and gangsters have ethics. They have a guiding moral philosophy. Get over on you before you get over on them. Okay? I mean, I won't elaborate on that, but the kingdom has ethics too, and they're about the kingdom. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love your enemy. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Those are, those are fun, huh? <laughs> okay? But you see, the kingdom ethics is completely opposite of the world ethics. So that's what he's talking about. If you're going to engage and add to the virtue of the kingdom, it's going to be completely opposite of the world. We don't add to it, and we are kingdom kids acting like the world. Selah. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'll just put a little context real quickly. Uh, you know, as a kid growing up, um, I got a couple of whoopings. Okay. And one of them particularly was my mom gave me a pretty good spanking, and she said, you are not acting like a Donnelly. Well, I didn't even know what a Donnelly was supposed to act like, but um, the, 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 the way my dad had set the way life ran in our, li in our family was quiet, peaceable, gentle. He was a very non-confrontive person, and at the time, my temper was getting the best of me, and I was confronting everything. <laughs> and so I wasn't acting like a Donnelly. And so I got a whooping. So what Jesus is saying, act like the kingdom. Act like me. Let's function in that virtue and that moral ethic and that standard. So the next one is knowledge. I better get moving here. Add to your, add to your faith knowledge. Knowledge is two things. Godly insights from the word and prophetic knowledge. From the Holy Spirit. Godly insights from the word and prophetic knowledge. So Peter is saying, you got to keep adding to your faith from the word and from the Holy Spirit. If you're, if you're holding the Holy Spirit at arm's distance, if you're not in the word, you're not getting the knowledge of God. So you need to add to your faith that. And when you do that, you, in, you increase your faith. It's just a beautiful picture. Oh, then there's this one. Add to your faith, self-control. That's kind of self-explanatory. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. And so it's something, literally it's saying, bringing into submission the desires of the flesh. Bringing into submission the desires of the flesh. And so all things are lawful, but are all things good? I mean, according to the law, we can get drunk, we can smoke weed, we can do whatever we want according to the law. But is that according to the sense of the Holy Spirit's self-control? Is that, and it, so is the, the point is, is that, I, I just lose out there. I mean, it can be, it's lawful to go spend all the money you want. Is it something God wants us to do? No. I mean, just fill in the blank. So we just Get the picture. Then the, the next one, add to your faith, perseverance. Perseverance is basically this dimension of cheerful endurance and bearing up under difficult situations. Spiritual tenacity. Perseverance is spiritual tenacity. Have any of you ever been through a tough go of it in, let's say, last month? Yeah, half the church. Okay. 
We need perseverance. We need to press in and press into the Word and press into the Holy Spirit and press into prayer. Prayer. That's tenacity. That's perseverance. Add to your faith. Now think of it. We have all seen situations where we have people who we know love Jesus, but when they come up against stuff, there is no perseverance. It's like, you know, we, we have to add to our faith that. That's how we grow during difficult times. Add to your faith godliness. And you think, well, what's that all about? Well, godliness in the context of the word has to do with reverence and attention to whom we're representing. Okay? Reverence and attention to whom we represent. That's godliness. So, you know, if, well, we all get that drift, don't we? I mean, and it's, that's another ebb and flow, sneaky deal. The, cons, the sliding scale can be all over the place. Add to your faith brotherly kindness. We're going to get ready to wrap up here. Brotherly kindness, being friendly, affectionate, encouragement, friend, brotherly love. So part of our journey of adding to our faith is also brotherly love. That, the word says in John 13, 35, they shall know you by your love. And that word love there is phileo. By your friendliness to one another, to your encouragement to one another, to your blessing of one another, for your willingness to pray for one another. They shall know you. You don't have to wear a sign on your back or put a sandwich sign out. Christian, they shall know you by this. And if we don't add it to our life, they don't know it. Then the last one is add to your faith... Love, which is agape, which means unconditional love, not emotional love, a love based upon an action of the word, and we forgive, we walk in unconditional love, we're willing to be unconditional in our love, we're willing to submit to unconditional love. It's, a, it's an action. It's not an emotion. If we wait for the emotion, it, it, we'll be waiting a long time. So it's about that truth of unconditional love and the agape truth of action. The promise of the word is if we are even more diligent, we will never stumble. Never. Isn't that a powerful word? I was studying that out a little bit. It doesn't mean that we won't ever have a problem. What it does mean is in the midst of the problem, we won't stumble and fall flat on our face. It means that we'll, it's like the shin banger, you know, bang. Oh, 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 that hurt. But we don't go flat on our face and we don't roll around in the dirt, okay? It's like, oh, man, that hurt. But praise the Lord, I'm still walking. And that's what it means. If we'll do these things, if we'll engage in diligence, then we will never stumble. We will never fall flat on our face. We may have some banged up shins, but we're going to keep pressing on in the name of Jesus. And we're going to make a difference for the kingdom. So, that is huge in our life. And, and it's this dimension of these things and being willing to press on and press in to the action steps of virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Of which, if we add those two, it's kind of like a strength formula for the kingdom. Amen? It's a strength formula for the kingdom. 
And we, when we keep adding to and adding to and adding to, and you can't overdose on it, okay? No over, it's just keep adding to, adding to, adding to. Then you get stronger and stronger and stronger, more loving, more tender, more persevering, etc., etc. And pretty soon, you know, you f- have a greater confidence, and the ebb and flow syndrome starts to reduce considerably. So we're going to take a, about a minute, maybe two, and reflect upon those elements of the add tos. And just ask the Lord, where are the add tos? that I need to engage in. What, or maybe they're all. Maybe there's some. And again, it's virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Just take a couple minutes. Lord, as each of us in the house have been reflecting upon maybe those places that we have chosen not to engage in those add-tos, that we perhaps were a little concerned about a certain aspect. Lord, we just thank you now that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will break every hindrance, anything that's held us back from that place of adding to and growing in our faith and truly seeing your faithful love flowing in every way. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to close with, with this last point. Um, our, if you go to James chapter 2, please, which is going back a couple chapters. James chapter 2. We're going to be talking about faith in action or faith with works. Our actions of faith are the fruit of our faith in Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit touching lives. So the actions of our faith are truly the fruit of our faith in Christ, and those actions touch other people. If we're in an environment of other people and we do absolutely nothing, maybe we're praying. That's fine. Maybe that's what the Holy Spirit said to do. But, that, but also, this, what, what are we doing? And it isn't just the effort. It's what is the Lord instructing us to do? How are we engaging our faith with action steps? So James chapter 2, verses 14 through 17 says this. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? And the Greek text, that word works literally means action, okay? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself does not have works that does not have works is dead or does not have actions. So as we look at this is literally what James is saying. He's the half-brother of Jesus, is that our faith should have some level of action to it. And literally, that brings life to it. And as we're adding to our faith, it's this formula of strength 
But now we have the strength, and now we have to act upon it. So if we're noticing everything, our growth takes action, our releasing of faith takes action, action, our prayer takes action, everything about our faith takes action. So I've probably beat the uh, title passivity to death already, so hopefully. But as we look at this, faith without works really means faith without action or evidence is dead or empty of power and effectiveness. So literally it means faith without action or works is dead, which literally means faith without works or action has no life. It's lifeless, lifeless. Now, Jesus modeled life-filled faith. The disciples modeled life-filled faith. So his half-brother James is declaring our faith should be life-filled as well and should be being released into people. They should experience our faith in a tangible way. It may be a good morning, an encouragement. I've, I've had people literally say that to me. Why did you say good morning to me? You don't even know me. I, I care. I just want to encourage you. Why do you want to encourage me? I mean, they're really mad at life. They got to, I try to find those that are grumpiest, you know. <laughs> it's, it's fun. It really is. And after a couple of go-arounds, they go, all right, what's up with you? Well, I just, I sensed. I don't tell them the Holy Spirit said, thus saith Jesus. Uh, okay. I will say, I sensed the Lord encouraging me to encourage you. Whoa. Like God? I mean, like, really? Yeah. So he loves you enough that he wanted me, and I don't even know you, to encourage you. So that says something about God's love for you. It says absolutely nothing about me. Whoa. All right. And then typically I can open the door, can I pray for you? And almost always when you pray for them, there's a prophetic move that the Holy Spirit just starts, dun, 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 dun. And then adds the, that adds a whole other layer, huh? So be willing. Every, and I'm nobody special. If you don't believe that, ask my wife, okay? Serious. We're, none of, we're all the same in the kingdom. We just so we need to be willing. We need to put action to our faith. Dead means dead. <laughs> Without life. And CPR will not help. Okay? It can't do spiritual CPR. No work. Okay? I could run on that one. I won't. Okay. Um, so currently the, the 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 world system and religious system actually has more works than the people of the kingdom. There are lots of noble causes out there that are doing lots of good things, but there's no kingdom in it. And it's good, and it continues to draw people away from the truth because they're following the good. So the kingdom people should be not only doing action steps in faith, but then they, we can connect people to life and life more abundantly. So we have responsibility here. I've used that word again. So I'm going to wrap with this thought. We must, now, back to the point, our ebb and flow and our anchor point of faith. Our faith is our life. Yes? So, reflection time. 
Is our faith being acted out in our life? So that's a question that each of us has to answer within us. Is there an action of our life, actions, that others are experiencing or even witnessing that speaks of our life, that also speaks of the kingdom? Could you put the music on? We'll close with that thought. Now I'll wrap it up in just a minute with prayer. Lord, we pray. We declare to you from our heart's desire that we desire to surrender. We desire that faith, the faith in Christ, the growth in our faith, the add to's in our faith be real. And Lord, that as each of us reflected upon those points of faith in action or faith with works that would have life, that we would bring life to every environment and every setting in which we stand, in which we enter into. I pray your favor and your blessing over each in this house. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to say two more things. Correction, three. And I, I really have closed, so you can leave if you want to. <laughs> just, but one is if you made that decision for Christ in our first reflection time of reflection, come see me and we'll talk and we'll, we'll get some resources in your hand. Secondly is we have this ministry that's going to be firing up and re, re, rebooting, for lack of a better term, with some training. It's going to be firing up in the fall. It's called Street Touch, and we've done it for some time. Where we go out and we come, we join here on a particular day or afternoon, and we pray for a little while. We worship, we listen to the Holy Spirit, and we just go into the street by teams, and we pray for people. However the Holy Spirit leads, we pray for people. We've seen people healed. We've seen people delivered. We've seen people come to Christ. We've seen... It's been amazing. So ponder that. We're going to be giving more information about that after the summer. And then one other phrase. Say this with me. Find, tell, bring. Jesus did that. His disciples did that. They found people. They told them what Jesus was doing in their life. And they brought them to the king. They brought them to coffee. They brought them wherever. They brought them the Samaritan woman at the well. She found Jesus, and then she went and found some guys in the town, and she brought them. She told them first, and then she brought them. So we can all do that. It's simple. It's not an evangelical or evangelistic program. It's a culture of finding, telling, and bringing, and just love it on people. Tell them your testimony. Be encouraged. Be blessed. Have your week full of faith for our Faith is our life. God bless you. You are dismissed.